0: So, God, we just come before you, and I just thank you for tonight, Father. We just ask that you would move in this place and that you would speak to our hearts, God. We want to hear from heaven. We ask that you would open our hearts to receive from you, that you would fill us with more of your love, more understanding. We want to know you deeper, God. We want to have a greater longing for you. And we just pray for your blessing over tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Good there? Good. Okay. Sure you're in the all right. Sounds good. I can't like pace. I'm kidding. Uh, you can pace slightly. Okay. <laughs> all right. So the title of my message is the power of desperation, our response during these desperate times. And I'm sure you guys all heard the saying desperate times calls for desperate measures. And I think that's very true. I, I believe that we're living as the Bible says in the end times Um, You know, according to Matthew 24, I believe this is the beginning of birth pangs, as the Bible says. And, um, you know, I've had some experience with the whole birth pains situation. I have had five kids now. And so um, going into labor and giving birth is... uh, Okay, I'll, I'll say it like this. My twin sister, she watched me give birth to my first son, Caleb, and she says it the best out of anyone that I've ever heard. It's very simple. She says, it is terrifyingly beautiful. And I think that's so true. It's like, yes, it's like, whoa, it's, you know, really intense and traumatizing in one one degree, but it's so beautiful and so amazing because the birth of a baby and how powerful is that. And so the Bible talks about the beginning of birth pangs, and so... I believe that you know it's called the great and the terrible day of the Lord, the end times, and so I believe that in one one sense it's terrible that the judgments of God are being poured upon the earth, as it talks about in the book of Revelation, the seals, the trumpets, the bulls, and it's it's uh, you know it makes us tremble on the inside, like what is what are you doing, Lord, or what is to come? But yet we have to we have to realize that it's also great and glorious. You know, the it's going to be the the time where the the harvest is going to be ripe. There's going to be multitudes of people coming into the kingdom. There's going to be signs and wonders and miracles and just so much power. And I'm just excited. And we have to realize that all this is unto something. The judgments and everything that is happening happening is unto something. And that is the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. And I just know personally, like, I'm just so excited, like, to see him face-to-face, like the God that we're serving, the, the one that we get up and we say yes to every day, and our friend, you know, um, our bridegroom, and he's, he's coming back. And so it's going to be worth it seeing him. And so with everything that's going on, let's keep on focusing on him and going hard after him, you know, even in these desperate times, like I just mentioned. And, you know, I was meditating, too, on Isaiah 26, verse 9. It talks about how when the judgments of the Lord are on the earth, the people learn righteousness. So we have to realize that the judgments... And the things that are happening are unto something. And we need to ask the Lord for a positive view on what's going on. You know, even with the coronavirus, with the racial discrimination, with all the crazy stuff that happens right around the presidential elections, like we need to ask the Lord, like, what's the good behind this? Like, what are you doing? And I know that God is doing something because he wants to wake us up. He's shaking the things that can be shaking in our life. To wake us up and to cause us to turn to Him. And I know for me, I want to be prepared. I want the Lord to remove everything that hinders love in my own heart. And that's why He allows sometimes judgments and uh, shakings to happen, because He wants to really get out our hearts and make us pure and spotless. So um, I'm going to have you guys turn to Matthew chapter 20. Verses 29 to 34. This is going to be kind of where we're going to be camping out at for a while. And we're just going to look at, um, first of all, just the the power of desperation. And I also want to share before I get started is just um, I believe that God is a desperate God. And what I mean is that he is desperate for our hearts and um, he wants us to be fully his, and he's desperate for lost souls to come into the kingdom. So we have to understand that about the Lord, that he's desperate, that he's one that will pursue after us, he will go after us, and he, he so has a, a zeal and a love and a longing for us that we can't even fully understand. And so we're going to look more into desperation and just ask the Lord to give us a heart of you know that desperation, that perseverance, and all that comes along with, with, with what it's about. So I'm going to read in verse 29, Matthew 20, verse 29. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the road, when they heard that Jesus was passing, cried out saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. All right, so what does desperation do? Desperation angers the religious. And I first. the first part I wanna look at is just that, you know, here these two blind men were, they were the Jesus was passing by, and they and they were crying out, "Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us!" But the multitude were like, "Hey, be quiet! Stop it! You're being too intense. Settle down!" But they kept on crying out, and so we just we need to keep in mind that fear um, it silences radical action, and so these men chose not to remain silent. A lot of times, I know for me personally, I can have, struggle with the fear of man in my own life. And I worry about what other people think. But these guys weren't worried. They decided to keep on crying out to the Lord. And there was just these voices trying to criticize them and silence them. So I'm just going to ask you, you know, do you guys... When you are silenced, do you guys retreat to f- in fear or do you choose to press into God? God wants us to, when we are silenced, when we are criticized, he wants to step, step through those fears and overcome those fears, overcome what the enemy is trying to put in our brains when we feel like, uh, when we feel like the enemy is trying to uh, say, you know, say things like, well, what will they think? Or what will he or she think or do? Or whatever, if we respond like this, we need to ultimately ask, what does God think? and we need to get his heart, and we need to not to be silenced when we feel fear, because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to silence us, um, and, that, and so he releases fear in our lives. I remember when, you know, I grew up Methodist, and I loved the Lord from a young age, but I really decided to follow after God pretty radically in college, where I, you know, you know, I pray a lot, read the Bible, and I was. I and you know, some people looked at me as being a little too extreme, and so people would say, "Mandy, you need to settle down. You're being too extreme for the Lord." I even had teachers tell me when I that I was I was too extreme, also, and try to silence me in, into the sharing of my faith. And so, you know, that that really weighed on my heart. But I chose, not all the time, but just continually over time, I've chose to just. Say God, you know I, I, you know bless them, but I'm going to choose to keep following after you. I'm not going to remain silent. I'm going to keep on sharing my faith and being a light. If I feel, you know, like you're leading me to, which you are, and I remember also just a story uh, a couple of years ago. I volunteer. I was a nurse for ten years at OSF. And now I volunteer there. Um, but I was volunteering one day, and I get printed off like a census of where I'm going, and the Place I was going was my old floor I worked on, so when I saw that, I was just gripped with like this fear, this fear of man. I was just thinking to myself, "Oh man, like what if people I know, what if are see me and they see me preaching the gospel? What will they think of me?" And I didn't want to go volunteer on that floor, and I thought maybe I'll just go to some other, a different floor. But I felt like the Lord say, "You know what, Mandy? There are people on that floor that need to hear the gospel." So I decided to step through that fear. And when I went, I um, I actually got to see one person rededicate his life to Christ, and another person be, decided to follow Jesus that day, and. Even the fears that I feared did happen. I did see people I knew. People did walk in, you know, someone that I did work with walked in on me while I was sharing my faith and heard me preaching the gospel. But I chose just Lord, and I just chose to keep on going. And so when the enemy wants to put fear in your heart, just know that that's, a, you know, that's something that I, I'm kind of sensitive towards. Like that, um, you know, when there's fear in my heart, like I need to step through this. I need to overcome this. And so let's keep on overcoming, you know, fear um, you know, just to be a voice, because this is what these blind men did. They overcame when the multitude. It wasn't just one or two. It was the multitude that was um, calling. They warned them, "Be quiet." Like I can't imagine like being with a multitude, thousands. Who knows? Hundreds thousands. Who knows how many people are around them? Be quiet. But they just kept on going, so I love that, and I can share so many stories from the Bible about people that have that's decided to overcome in the face of adversity or fear, and decided to continue to let their desperation move them closer to Jesus. So I'm just going to quickly mention a few. Just uh, I love just you know stories to kind of build our faith. Mark 5, 28 talks about the woman with the issue of blood. She was desperate to be healed. So what does she do? She decides to go through this massive crowd and just reach up and touch Jesus. You know, that was desperation there. She decided her faith led her to do that. And so what happened? She got healed. Uh, in Acts 4, 13 to 22, Peter and John, the, they, were, uh, they were threatened severely, to stop talking in the name of Jesus, stop sharing your faith. Be quiet. But what did they do? They said we cannot help but share all that we have seen and heard. We will not be silent. The enemy tried to silence their passion through fear, control, and punishment, but it didn't happen. They kept on going. And what if what if they were silenced? The Book of Acts wouldn't have happened, like most of the Book of Acts. So they they chose to continue to put their trust in Jesus and let. Faith and their love for God rule their hearts. Luke 18, I love Luke 18, verses one to eight. It's a story of the persistent widow and the unjust judge. The persistent widow goes to the unjust judge and cries out, hey, give me justice from my adversary over and over again. She comes to him. She's not sitting back there. I hope my, the judge doesn't think I'm weird because I keep going over and over again to him. You know, She doesn't think that. She just keeps going until she sees a breakthrough and the unjust judge finally says, okay, here, I'll give you justice. And so she got what she asked for because she was desperate for a for a breakthrough in her life. Uh, Paul and Silas in Acts 16, 25 to 34. Here these two guys are, they're in prison. They are worshiping the Lord and singing and praying and a great earthquake happens. And what I love about this this passage is that they're singing and, praising, singing and praising and praying at midnight, and the prisoners are listening. So I just was like thinking the other day, like, what if Derek just gets up and praises God and worships and prays at midnight loudly? I'd be like, hey, you need to quiet down. Like, you know, it's midnight. Our kids are trying to sleep. I'm trying to sleep. But here these guys are. They're praising God and worshiping, and they're not worried about what the prisoners think of them. They're just going for it. And then an earthquake happens. And their chains get loosed, and the prison guard was like going to commit suicide, but then, um, then they're like, "Hey, don't do that!" And then, so then he gets saved, and not just the prison guard, but his whole family gets saved. And so, I just love these examples of people that chose to press through, even you know, where in the face of fear, or this in this case, it was more like. I guess I would be like, what are, what are people going to think of me? Um, and then, you know, there's a man who got lowered down the roof of a house. His friends dug through the roof. I would be like, I'd be concerned about that guy, the owner of the house. I'd be like, dude, <laughs> like he might get mad at me, but they, the friends didn't care. So he, that man was healed because of their faith. So, um, you know, we just looked up. Uh, looked at desperation here just as it relates to angering the religious and so number two what does desperation do it causes perseverance even in the face of criticism so you know what happens after the blind men are told to be quiet they cry out all the more so you know let's let desperation let's let the lord grip our hearts with desperation and therefore, that causes that persistence, and causes us to come to God and just cry out to Him because that's where we see the results happen. And I love First um, Corinthians thirteen says that love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I just the Lord highlighted this to me the love perseveres part. And so here, these blind men are they're persevering in the face of difficulty and they that love and that desire for healing just motivated them and I'm like Lord I want to I want the love of my heart to cause me to persevere you know even in the end times there's a lot many are going to grow cold and um, and I want to be a woman that my faith endures to the very end and I want to continue to persevere you know it's easy to to be radical for a season Even, you know, when I first started really going after the Lord, it was easy. I had a lot of fire in my heart. But over time, when you have kids and jobs and a lot of responsibilities, sometimes that fire can kind of dwindle. But just keep on saying yes to him every day, getting up and spending time with him. And when you don't spend time with him, do it the next day and just know that he's with you. Let's keep on persevering in our faith. Number three, desperation causes the king of the universe to stand still. I love this. So it says in verse uh, 32. So the guys say, hey, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them. I love that. So here these guys are. Their voices caused the king of heaven to stand still. Their voices also got the attention of the world in a negative sense, but it got the attention of heaven in a positive sense, and that's Jesus Stood still and listened to them. These guys kept crying out, you know, even in the midst of um, people telling them to be quiet. And uh, number four, desperation also causes Jesus to listen to your request and therefore answer your heart's cry. So Jesus, okay, so it's that Jesus said, "Hey, what do you want me to do for you?" And they said, "Lord, that our eyes may be opened." So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed. They followed him. So he that desperation, Jesus listened to their request, and therefore he answered their hearts' cry. And I love that. Um, I also love that you know these guys. I believe had a revelation of who Jesus was, maybe more than the people around him, because they were crying out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. They believed God is merciful and therefore they cried out for mercy. And I also like to think about, you know, what it must have looked like. There was they were leaving, I think they were they went they were going out of Jericho, and a great multitude followed him. So there was a lot of noise, a lot of probably people like crying out, Jesus, hey, sign my autograph. Probably maybe not that, but hey, you know, give me attention, touch me, pray for me. Who knows? And so out of all the noise that was going on, Jesus singled, he you know, focused on these two guys and said, hey, there's something about you guys and your faith and your persistence, your desperation. I'm going to call you to me and I'm going to give you what you desire. So that revelation that they had of Jesus was a thing that I believe, you know, feel their faith and their persistence. So they, they knew Jesus as merciful, and they cried out for mercy. And so that's why I believe it's so important for us just to have a correct view of who Jesus is. Like, so who do you think Jesus is? Do you really view him as as merciful? Do you really think that he answers prayers even when you're all by yourself? Do you think that he's actually listening? I know for me, I have to remind myself over and over again of that truth. I'm like, okay, here I am by myself again, or here I am praying with my kids, God, you're actually listening to this. Like, it's actually moving your heart. I need to constantly remind myself of that. And when I do, that motivates me in that place of prayer to continue to cry out for, you know, whatever he's put on my heart. And the last one is that desperation produces compassion from heaven. So in this case, Jesus' his compassion moved him to touch the eyes of the blind men and to heal them. And then they say that they immediately, their eyes received sight and they followed him. So they they got their miracle, they got what they were asking for, and so they just got up and like, yes, I'm gonna follow you, Lord. So, um, you know, just to close, guys, is, you know, in what ways, I'm gonna just ask you guys some questions. You guys can think about, you know, just in your time with the Lord this week, just meditate on some of these things and, and ask him, Um, just to reveal some stuff in your heart. So I'm just going to ask you some questions just to kind of close. Basically, in what ways are you letting fear silence or intimidate you? Do you let the fear of man hold you back from crying out to God when sharing your faith? And in what ways, also, what ways are we blind? And what if Jesus heals our blindness? You know, I believe that we all have a level of blindness to some degree and maybe how we see God or how we see ourselves, uh, or how we see the world, you know, and so we all need God to heal us like these blind men in some way or another, um, just that we would see him rightly. Like I want to see God rightly. I know personally, I want to understand his ways, his judgments, you know, especially with everything that's happening. Like I want to get a greater understanding of what's going on and why he does what he does. And I want to love his leadership and, I believe that God's going to take us to that place where we love everything about him. And so let's ask the Lord to have eyes of faith and just to believe really who God is and who he says he is. And, you know, what else are you believing for? Like these guys were believing for healing. Are you believing for healing, for uh, salvation of family, for finances? Um, So let's ask God just for holy desperation with whatever it is that you're believing for. And even like, are you believing for the healing of the land for our the planet Earth? Which I am. Like God, there's a lot going on. Like we need you. We need you to come back. And and I know that He is. He's gonna. He's a God that makes the wrong things right. Which He is just and good. So you know they cried out for mercy. So we need mercy also in our land. We need mercy in our lives. And so let's just you know ask the Lord. I'm gonna end and pray for us. But let's just ask the Lord just to move us to that place of desperation and. Um, grace to persist and grace to move forward. And uh, so I'm just going to pray and then I'll turn this over to Derek. All right, Lord, we just come before you. And I just ask tonight that you would speak to us, Lord, in areas of our lives where we, where we struggle maybe with fear Lord, I pray that you would reveal that to us and that you would make us bold in Jesus' name, that we would have boldness to share our faith, boldness to persevere, even when people say be quiet or why are you doing what you're doing? They may not understand prayer, but Lord, I just pray that we would continue to come to you and have persistence and be desperate for the things that you're desperate for, oh God. Lord, I just ask that um, just anyone tonight who needs healing, that you would heal them. Lord, I pray for anyone that needs breakthrough financially and a relationally, God. We, there's always just things that we, I know we need and we want you to do and even salvations of our family members our friends god we just ask that you would break in tonight god we ask that you would give us that desperation and that you would move god with compassion we thank you that you are a god full of compassion and mercy and we just look to you and we just ask that you would continue to give us pr- grace to pray to cry out to you and to love you into the end in jesus name amen